Hello and welcome to CoachCast by England Football Learning, the brand new coaching podcast designed to give you expert insight, session ideas and a platform to discuss your coaching questions and challenges. I'm Jamie. And I'm Louise. In each episode of this series, one of our experts will dissect a specific topic and then speak to a grassroots coach with the aim of helping them and you develop more skillful players. Okay, so today's episode, we're going to be talking about pressing to find out what it is and how you can work on it with your players. And the expert who's going to be taking us through this topic joins us right now online. Uh, It's Chris Welburn. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for your time today. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at the FA? Yeah, I've got a, um, a role as a coach development officer in the Northwest. Um, I've been at the FA for nine years and I obviously really enjoy working with, with coaches, players alike, and, and just trying to support and grow the game. To get started, can you tell us what the term pressing means? Yeah, I think if we if we take it to our simplest form, um, you know, ultimately what I think we're trying to do is, is make sure that you know, we're trying to cause the ball holder to change his or her mind in terms of the decision that they're making. If we look at it in simplistic terms, we're trying to deny space, um, we're trying to deny time, we're trying to deny the choice of the, the ball holder, deny the, the vision of, of what they're trying to look at, and, and then ultimately, let's try and be proactive in terms of the next movement for our team. And why is it important and what's the intent of applying a press? We're trying to maybe protect some high-priority areas. So you could say, well, if a team's trying to play out from the back, you know, is our team that we're going to uh, try and press high? So ultimately, we're, we're trying to deflect the opponent's attack into, into well-defended or, or, or areas that we would see as an area where we would want the ball to go into. Um, it may be because we want it to go into a particular area because we've got strength in that area or we're trying to force them into you know, an area where they don't want to go into, where they feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think we're trying to force or provoke some, some technical and tactical errors from the opponents as well. I think that's a really um, important factor. You know, what does that look like individually uh, with maybe my next nearest defender? And then um, we've got to have a real cohesive, unified team approach to that as well. And, you know, ultimately we're trying to regain the ball back as quick as we can uh, with a view to then us starting an attack after the transition. As a reference point for our coaches, which professional teams do you think implement a good pressing strategy and why? I've been watching uh, Brighton quite a lot and, and they may press for the first 15 or so minutes within the, within the game. Then you've got good examples where teams will try and press uh, for, for longer periods of the game. So it might be, that might be their collective strategy. So Liverpool are, are really good, um, you know, at that strategy. Are there different methods for pressing? I think there's probably, you know, generally pressing that we discuss, you know, we're out of possession, we haven't got the ball. Ultimately, we're going to, you know, we're going to try and press and win the ball back. Counter pressing, you know, we've had the ball, we've lost the ball. You know, we've we're, we're really trying to stop in those first five six seconds that, that the team, you know, really being in a position to, you know, to create an attack and, and press forward. You know, sometimes, you know, we're pressing to regain the ball uh, as another example, or is there opportunities where we may be pressing to delay? So, what I mean by pressing to delay would be. Um, our organisation behind us is, is a little bit unorganised and we might need somebody to come out of the line and go and play some pressure to give us a little bit of time to reorganise. There are a couple of types of pressing that um, you know maybe, maybe commonly get uh, discussed. Are there specific places on the pitch that pressing takes place and that it's most important to do it? 
Yeah, I suppose probably, you know, if we think about the how, you know, where is the ball surrendered? So, you know, where is it, where's that ball sort of like um, had, a, had a turnover? Or, you know, where whereabouts in the pitch that we particularly might want to press based on what we see as uh, an, op- an opposition area of, uh, to exploit? You know, has the ball been in, intercepted? So, you know, we do do we need to sort of like recover urgently and then get organised and then try and press again? Or, or is there an opportunity where, you know, we're trying to press to channel or deflect the attacking play of the opposition? Um, from my perspective, I think sometimes coaches need to, to really understand about, you know, when's the right time? So sometimes it might be um, a, a back pass to a goalkeeper, for example. So... You know what's the what's the distance like? What's the return like in terms of, of maybe pressing the goalkeeper? If it's a if it's a twenty yard press, then ultimately it might not be the right time to press. You know, so we've got to start to think about when and and and, and who not to press. Good examples of pressing would be you know faulty first touches. So when I say faulty first touch, there might be a, a, a technical problem with the person in. Uh, with the person in possession of the ball where they've had a heavy first touch or the ball's gone under the feet uh, and the opposition team has seen, ah, oh, it's a really good chance for us to, to to start to go and press here because there's, you know, the there's probably more time, um, there's more opportunity for us to try and get in a bit of an advantage now after that, that error. There might also be an opportunity where, let's say, for example, a centre-back receives the ball and, you know, they've actually turned away from that forward pass, which is, has changed their body shape to go back towards goal or, or, or to ultimately where we can see their shirt number for, for, for him or her within the game. And that might be an opportunity for us to try and capitalise and, and squeeze up the pitch. So I think probably from my perspective, um, you've got to really start to think about the where and when does pressing commence and why, who initiates it. Um, you know what's the what's the right time? You know, are we starting to see the triggers, for example? So, but then we've got to be cautious. You know, you've got to press with something in mind. But ultimately, if the press fails, then what's what's the next things we need to look at? You know, we we ultimately need to deny. We need to try and deflect, and we probably need to start thinking about uh, protection and and prevention, really, of that that forward pass cutting through our our pressing line. So. From from my perspective, um, you know, got a really good opportunities to press within within the game, but ultimately it's not always about the individual. It's about you know that that real likelihood of other people being involved uh, within that pressing action. You've mentioned a few examples already, but what other triggers can teams look for to help them to decide whether to initiate a press? So I think probably when you're starting to think about pressing, um, I think it's really important for coaches to start to understand. Um, not only for themselves, but for the players in terms of reading the play and, and starting to ask, I think, about, you know, these questions of uh, of when, how, um, who, who's, am I marking a player or am I marking some space? What's the distances and the angles like? Uh, what's the characteristics of the players who are, who are pressing? Is it, what's their stance like? You know, what's their balance like? What's their interception skills like? So, you know, ultimately, where's the danger? Where's the ball? Um, you know, what's the opponent's uh, problems they're trying to cause us? And then ultimately starting to think about, well, actually, what's the positioning of the location of the ball? Where's it travelling to? From my perspective, lots of things to consider, but it does start to, to come down to, to priorities of first defenders, second defenders, and then maybe third and fourth defenders as we 
uh, if our uh, pressing strategy is, is coming from a from an early or a high press. Should uh, pressing be a key out of possession theme for coaches to focus on? And if so, when should coaches introduce it to their players? Yeah, it's really important to start thinking about it in its simplest form, 1v1, uh, 2v2, 3v3. We learn principles of play uh, at national curriculum within schools. From five years old, they're getting some exposure to that and, uh, and understand attacking and defending principles within simple games with, with basic rules. So when they come into our practices uh, within our grassroots sessions or within our clubs, we want players to start to understand the principles of play. Um, we want them to start to understand, you know, how to press, when to press, you know, where to press, uh, being ready to press, and, and then try and build that into an overall uh, team strategy as they progress throughout the age groups. Are you able to explain what pressing could look like through a player's eyes? So before, during, and then after the press, what are they kind of experiencing? Yeah, so I think this is a really fantastic model to, to understand pressing from maybe an individual action. So let's say, for example, um, I'm a forward. So I'm, I'm playing in a front two. Um, there's two of us as a striker. The, the ball's been passed from the goalkeeper to the centre-half, and the centre-half has had a, a heavy touch. The nearest defender will be reading that situation. So they're in the game. They've seen the pass come across. They've probably been judging the weight of pass, the type of pass. Was it an accurate pass? You know, let's say, for example, the goalkeeper's clipped it in and then him or her on, on the ball has been in a position where they've, they've, they've maybe had to sort of like chest it down or they've had to take a bit of a uh, an aerial control touch with the inside of the foot and, and ultimately it's been a bit heavy. That first defender can see that moment really good readiness skills, anticipation skills, starting to build up that, well, actually, there's an opportunity here. So that three bit's really important to say, I'm the defender, I'm judging my reactions based off what I'm seeing. I've seen there's a fantastic opportunity to set off now because it's been a heavy first touch. It's the intent of the press. I'm going to go. And ultimately, in that moment, we shift from that pre to during. So what's now as I'm starting to approach that player to ultimately start to shut them down, if you like, what is my intent of the press like? So am I in a position where we're really well organised behind me and I can concentrate on the pressing action? Do I need to start to think about, well, actually, I'm going to go and press, but ultimately there's a player that I probably need to scan the ball um, and block that, and, and try and block that pass as as we go in, and then ultimately we're starting to think about, you know, that that I call it craft knowledge, if you like, in terms of, you know, what's that approach like in terms of the speed? Uh, have, they, have they gone too fast and they're not able to slow down? So ultimately, I've gone too fast in the press, and then the play's been able to just, even though they've had a heavy first touch, they've been able to nick it past me. So ultimately, in that during moment, we need to get our speed right, uh, our direction right, our approach um, angle right. We've then also got to start to think about, well, actually, if I'm pressing here, I, I want to try and win the ball back. So that during moment, we might start to think, have, have we won it? So then we're starting to think about the after moments. Well, I've nicked it now. What's the opportunity? You know, where there's been a turnover of position. Um, uh, sorry, there's been a turnover of possession. 
and ultimately what are we uh, what's the next steps for us I've got an opportunity to go on through on goal is there a passing option um, you know what's the supporting runs like from players around and then the other moment might be in that during phase is well actually I've gone to press they've nicked it past me so now what's my job so for him and her who might have had the ball nicked past them the press hasn't worked what what I'm going to do now am I, am I trying to recover what's my second defender's role like um, you know how's the rest of the team helping me in those 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 higher up areas of the pitch so for me it's really nice to start to think about uh, from a coaching perspective what are we really noticing from before during after and maybe putting that microscope if you like on an individual to really look at their um, their characteristics if you like in terms of, of, of how they press so you know have they made a good decision in the during moment where actually I'm realising halfway through that the distance is quite a long way for me to get to the opponent and then they change from a press to more of a uh, a blocking pass option or they made sort of like uh, press and, and realise actually yeah I've not made the best decision here so what's the immediate next best thing that I can do do I need to be patient again now or do I, I've been trying to force but and I, haven't, I can't really control this event here so we, we need to start thinking about you know actually this is this has not been the best option what's the next best solution Will you be able to summarise some of the skills players need to be able to press successfully? In the first instance, what are our mental qualities? That's not a bad place to start. You know, how uh, confident are we within that press for that individual? You know, are they starting to build up some real mental models in terms of, well, actually, if this happens, I could do this. If this happens within the game, this is my job. We might want to focus in on the you know, agility, balance, coordination skills. You know, I think if we define agility, you know, it's the ability to be able to change speed and direction whilst at speed uh, and, and whilst at, you know, real high intensity. So I think that's that's really important for us. So, you know, have we got that balance? Have we got that coordination? Have we got that control while we're working at speed? Um, so physical characteristics are really important. You know, have they got the ability to, to, to press for sustained periods of time? It's another thing to consider. What's the stamina like within our players? Um, you know, where have we decided to to press on the pitch? Have they got the the physical uh, makeup at their age and stage of development to, to be able to do it? What you'll find is that to do repeated repeated bursts of of pressing is really difficult, especially within you know those those early stages of you know five to eleven year old. You know, ultimately, I think it's got to be. Um, you know, looked at in terms of, of 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 our overall team strategy in terms of how much pressure pre- pressing we're going to look to do. It's a really important point for for grassroots coaches because I think if we just ask them to keep pressing and pressing and pressing, uh, at some point they're going to get really tired and and the opposition will be able to just play through them. And then I think we've got to start to think about those you know those those technical and tactical act- actions. So you know if we're going to go out off and press. Well, actually, we might have really good physical capabilities. We might be really quite confident within the press. But ultimately, you know, what, what is our decision-making like? So, you know, am I trying to deny space in a particular area of the pitch? Am I starting to, to, to really think about uh, forcing them into an area? So actually, 
you know, my body shape's going to have to be really important here because if I want to force them into a particular area, I, I don't necessarily want to come in with a, uh, a straight-on action where my shoulders are facing the player because they can go to the right or to the left. And I might need to get the angle of my approach right to, to be able to, to force a direction. So ultimately, I'm, I'm blocking off one passing option and I'm, I'm forcing the ball into an area where actually I feel like we'll get some success. Um, so yeah, loads of things to consider, but not a bad way to look at it in terms of summarising pressing through that four-corner lens, if you like. How important are scanning and positioning skills with regards to pressing? We've really got to start to think about, well, if we're on the pitch, am I, am I just following the ball? Or am I actually starting to think about you know, other key individuals around the ball. So it's not always about the player on the ball. So I, if I'm pressing, I'm looking at the player on the ball, I'm missing quite a lot of um, moments within the game that actually might help us provide some solutions to our to our pressing. So actually, players on the ball, um, you know, first defender, you know, can I press? Probably not. Ball shifts across. Well, actually, what's the position like of my second defender? So actually, how do we communicate? So if the second defender is quite far away and there's an opportunity for that player when the ball's come across on the opposition team to receive it and maybe drive in because the gap's there, you know, how do we start to communicate as individuals on the pitch in terms of, well, I'm scanning, I'm seeing pictures, but it's all right seeing them, but what's the what's the result of that scan? So actually, do we need to pull our player in and give us more support and cover? Um, you know, what's the distance to the ball um, like in our press? So actually, can, can, can him or her get there? You know, how compact are we behind? So actually, sometimes, you know, I might have a little look and, you know, I'll be scanning at the time and going, well, what's our organisation, um, you know, from, from back to front like? You know, what's it like side to side? I might be that third defender where I'm starting to think, well, you know, actually, I, I can see a moment here where I, I'm going to read... Um, a situation from them and and I think they're going to go into this area of the field and this might be a really good moment for us to, to enforce the press. Um, we need to start thinking as well about, you know, you know how and where is, uh, is that possession being lost? So, you know, it might be an example where, you know, we've been on the attack, we've lost it, but ultimately it's a really good opportunity to, to win it back because of the, the fact that we've got really good organisation and numbers in and around the ball and we, we might be able to sort of like um, you know we, 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 we were going down the wing and we were looking to deliver the ball but there's been a turnover the fullback has nicked it but actually there's a real opportunity there where they were a little bit unorganised and, and it's hard passing option for, that, for them to, to, to get out and we might nick it within the first couple of passes when they try and play out because we've got real good support you know immediate support of people who can assist the press so yeah loads of things to consider but you know I, I also on the flip side of that if you're not able to press the ball and, and and a lot of people will say press 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 and let's go and win the ball and have a real good intent to win it but you know if we're unable to press the ball you know where where are we going to recover to you know how are we going to recover a group you know which passes are we going to allow and which ones are we going to really prioritise to prevent? Um, you know, if we're going to try and cut out some important passes, um, you know, which are they? And then we start to think about, well, actually, it's not always going to be successful for us to press. So we might start to think about dropping, we might delay, we might try and deflect, we might try and deny space. And, and, and ultimately, 
you know, have a real clarity of, of message within that, that defended phase. How uh, can coaches help players develop all of those skills that you've just mentioned? Yeah, so I think probably we've talked a lot today in terms of, you know, ultimately components, facets of, of a pressing, but ultimately defending. You know, that's probably what we've looked at. I think we've got to really understand learning. So learning takes time. There needs to be repetition within that process. We can't just say, well, actually, we went on Sunday, we played in this game and we weren't very good at pressing. And on Tuesday night, we're going we're gonna to coach pressing and we think that that's going to provide us all the solutions. And, you know, ultimately, I've always been a, a real sort of like... A real ambassador of this message, if you like, that we probably need to move away from what I would see as butterfly coaching to more of a, a structured program of coaching. So, you know, what I mean by butterfly is if we're going to help our players understand pressing, it, it can't just be we had a problem on Sunday, we've worked on it on the Tuesday night for 30 minutes and it's all going to be fine. You know, ultimately, we need to start to think about coaching uh, thematics of the game, if you like. Um, or facets of the game within our principles of play, attacking and defending for, you know, for, for, for good periods of time, you know, five, six weeks where we're starting to really understand the coaching process behind that, that we design effective practices that will help us, um, you know, understand how to press, when to press, which areas of the, uh, of the pitch. So, you know, from my perspective, it's it's really important that we, you know, we, our considerations for player development are, do we really know what we want the players to learn? Do we really know what we want the players to do? And how do we design effective coaching programs for them that allow, um, you know, these messages to come out? And ultimately, you know, we have that real relationship between coaching behaviours, practice design, and, and ultimately where where this session, this thematic fits into a into a six-week six scheme of work. So be patient, uh, allow time on task, allow good ball rolling moments, um, try and train within game situations because ultimately that's what they play on the, on the weekend. And then ultimately, you know, how can we best help and support our players with our behaviours? Is it questioning? Is it um, instruction? Is it, is it demonstration? You know, is it is it clarity of our feedback in terms of our messages? So, you know, let's let's probably allow players to learn, but let's allow uh, and 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 be really thoughtful in our decision making as coaches to try and uh, really help defending, stroke pressing the, these messages come out. Finally, just to wrap this uh, discussion up a little bit here, what would be your key top tips for grassroots coaches working on pressing? Top tips would be. First and foremost, it's it's about the players. So for me, the players are the curriculum. So sometimes we might find a, a session that we, we really like, but actually doesn't meet the the needs, the wants, uh, where our players are at at their stage of development. You know, what's the... Um, I, I always think when we talk about the player is the curriculum, I always think we need to really understand the start point and the challenge point of our players and, and ultimately how do we design sessions around the start point and our challenge point of our players? You know, what do they already know about pressing? Where do we need to take them on the journey? So, you know, what do they know now? Where do we want to take them and, and how are we going to develop the, you know, the understanding of of when, where, how, 
why of, of pressing. So I think sometimes, you know, let's let's really look at the players. Let's start with them and let's build, you know, our, our coaching interactions, um, our coaching uh, messages around where those players are at. So, you know, have they had really good exposure to uh, defending practices? Have they had lots of exposure? Have they had, you know, superficial, um, you know, surface level approach to it? You know, we've really got to start with them. And then ultimately, I think everything comes from that if we start to work with um, with our players and, and put them at the heart of everything we do. Now, this is the part of the show where we're joined by a grassroots coach. We'll hear about their experiences so far and find out what coaching challenge they're currently facing. Our expert will then hopefully be able to provide them with the guidance they need. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Sarah from Leeds. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks very much for having me. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your coaching journey so far? Yeah, sure. So I started out coaching after studying for a degree at uni. Uh, took my level one and I've been coaching for a few years. So I work at a local grassroots club, coaching under nine girls team and absolutely love it. I really enjoy coaching. So I'm just looking forward to continuing my coaching development over the next few years. And what's the coaching challenge that you're currently facing? When I'm coaching the players, I notice that they're really hesitant to go and press opposition players. And then when they do press, they just run at the player and the opposition player takes it past them. Hi, Sarah. I think... Listening to your, the problem that you've just uh, outlined, I think that the challenge from my perspective would be to probably try and understand about why the players are hesitant, you know, in the first instance. So, you know, where are the group at in terms of their start and challenge point uh, aligned to pressing as a topic? You know, why why is it why are they hesitant? Is it because they they lack a bit of confidence? Is it there's some challenges over self esteem that they may have? I think we've got to understand them from a psychological perspective first as well. So that will probably be my starting point. I then think we probably need to start to think about some of the the physical characteristics of the players. So I think with pressing, we need to be really good at um, understanding that we need to have acceleration and deacceleration. We need to be able to go from fast to slow. We need to be able to sort of like start to slow down and then you know, hopefully we're in a good position in terms of some of the physical qualities of, of, of pressing. So from my perspective, it might be that if the players are starting to nick it past them when they're pressing, you know, what's that uh, angle of approach like? What's that speed like? Are they are they going fast and then, you know, are they forgetting that they probably need to slow down, get down onto the knees, get a good balance and coordination set, and then be able to adjust and adapt to if you like, the read and react skills of what the opposition player does for them. Um, I also then think it's really important for us to, you know, understand ultimately the, uh, you know, how far are these players pressing? So is it is it that they're pressing for quite a long period of time and then the players are just nicking it past them and, the, um, you know, ultimately they've, they've pressed for maybe 10, 15 yards and then they've got there and, and they're quite tired and they're not able to change direction with ease and the players are, are reading that press and, and being able to just take a touch to the side. So, you know, I always think about a dual action with players. So when they are pressing, can you... Can you try and force them into a direction of the pitch that you'd like them to go into? Can you try and block at least one passing lane so that you're focusing them with the angle of the pressing run um, to be able to be, you know, force them into a direction and allow them to 
you know, maybe take it to one particular side and then we're starting to sing, send a signal to the players behind us from a second defender, a third defender's perspective that, you know, the player with the ball is going into an area. If I can't win it, then hopefully one of my friends and my mates can. So I would say that, um, you know, top tips for me would be one, try and understand why there's a hesitant uh, nature to the players. Is it a lack of confidence? Is it a lack of self-esteem? I think secondly, we've got to start to understand the physical characteristics and capabilities of our players. You know, what are their agility, balance, coordination movements like? I think as a third top tip, I would try and uh, emphasise with the players to be in a position where they, they they work hard to press the player, but then they get to slow down just before that engagement with the player and then try and force them a direction uh, and then try and nick the ball if they can. And if they can't, Again, try and keep forcing the play into a particular area of the pitch and, and hopefully my second defender, third defender, my friend can help them. And then from my perspective, I think it's uh, you know really important that we give real opportunities for some success with our players in training regarding pressing. So can we try and build the confidence up? Can we put them into some 1v1s, 2v2s? You know, start off where the starting point and challenge point is maybe in favour of the attackers and then potentially start to get into a position where we add some complexity in and the challenge becomes a little bit more even between that that attacker and that defender in that 1v1 practice. And then we start to layer that up and scaffold that up and, and put some more challenge points in there that, you know, with time, the players are able to get more success, more outcomes in, in difficult challenges and scenarios. That was really helpful. Uh, yeah, looking forward to giving it a go. While you're here, Sarah, do you have any other questions you'd like to ask? No, not from me. Thanks so much for your help. It's, it's been really appreciated. Thank you very much for your time, Sarah. We hope the advice will prepare you for the next step in your coaching journey. Thank you. We're coming up to the end of the episode now, but before we blow the full-time whistle, we're going to trial a little feature we like to call Swift Session. This is where we challenge our guests to come up with a session idea that relates to the theme of the episode. We're looking for something that's based on pressing that's fun, engaging and gives players a chance to be skillful. So it can involve any number of activities, but you've only got 30 seconds to explain your ideas. Are you up for the challenge, Chris? I'm definitely going to (laughs) try. Okay. well, uh, let me just set the timer up. And once we're ready, time starts now. So it's a simple 1v1 practice, four cones. Um, yellow cone would be where the defender would play the ball into the attacker. The defender would press, try and win the ball back, and then on receiving the ball, after the press was successful, can you dribble to a blue cone, which would be one point, or behind the defender would be a three-point uh, solution, which is the harder one to get to. Just under, perfect. There you go. So, before we finish the show, do you have any last key messages for coaches to take away? Always keep going, always keep planning your sessions, reflecting on your sessions and trying to ultimately improve your delivery. So, from my perspective, it's uh, it's always a work in motion and we've just got to have that time on the pitch with our players, time on the grass to, to help us and, and ultimately improve the players that we work with. Great stuff, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, I think we've given quite a good introduction, a, a start into to pressing for our listeners. So thanks for joining us. It's been great to chat to you. Thank you very much for your time. 
Right, that's all we have time for today. If you want to find out more about what we've discussed in this episode, head over to thebootroom.dfa.com and check out the How to Defend Like England article series. These explain how our national sides play out of possession and pressing plays a key part of that. You can also head over to our YouTube channel, England Football Learning, to watch Pressing Zones, a session by FA Coach Development Officer Peter Augustine. And while you're at our YouTube channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at England Learning. That way, you can always keep in touch with all of our content. And finally, if you want to chat about today's episode or just want to jump into a coaching conversation, you can do so by swinging over to the FA community. We'll be back soon with another episode of CoachCast, so keep an eye on our social media channels and wherever you get your podcasts from. All that's left for us to say is, from all of us at England Football Learning, thanks for listening.